Welcome to Science AF. Ugh. Get out of your head. Ta 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 ta. Science AF. Science AF. Science AF. Science AF. Science AF. Science as fuck. Welcome to Science AF. I'm your host, sometimes scientist and sometimes comedian Dave Tacho, and I'm science as fuck. And I'm coming to you from an undisclosed location, alone, under house arrest, not really, under social distancing guidelines from Los Angeles, California. I don't have a guest this week. I will probably be uh, recording remote guests starting next week. I took a couple weeks off because uh, uh, crazy shit happened. And this is uh, it's really a comedy show, not exactly a science show. I'm not an expert, but uh, I'm going to talk about the coronavirus today and COVID-19. I did a lot of reading, some number crunching, and so I want to talk about uh, where we are, what's going on, survival rates, treatments, cleaning, viruses, history of pandemics. We'll get to all that stuff. Um, yeah, I didn't think we were going to get here. Honestly, we've been watching the path of the coronavirus since I started back up this podcast in January. And, um, you know, I guess uh, because of past experiences with SARS and MERS and Ebola, all of them were t contained. None of them got out. Well, coronavirus is out. That's the first time something of this severity has come out in our lifetime. It is a lot. I know you've heard this. People have been talking. Uh, it's a lot like the Spanish epi uh, flu epidemic of around almost exactly a hundred years ago that one killed a lot of people thankfully we know more now about medicine and about treatments so hopefully this won't kill as many people as that did although we're kind of in the same boat the spanish flu by the way not from spain it probably originated in either kansas or France are the two competing theories. Um, nobody knows where it came from exactly. We haven't had a pandemic like this since in, in any of our lifetimes, unless you have a grandparent who's 110. You don't know anybody who's seen this before. Um, yeah, I didn't think it was going to get here. I thought they were going to catch it. Why did it get here? Because... It's a, it's kind of like a it's a worst case in some ways of being extremely virulent meaning it's easy to catch it's real easy to catch and the human population has no defense against it whatsoever as of yet and also it it, it takes a while the incubation period is from 5 to 14 days, could be 16, 20 days uh, in, in a few rare cases. That means any one of us could have it 
and be exhaling it and, you know, spreading it to everything we touch and everyone we are around. And we won't know it for two weeks that we were a spreader. That's why all of the measures that have been put into place uh, in terms of not visiting your friends or businesses are very important. You should stay two meters away from people, six feet away from people. Uh, this isn't a hoax. It's not, uh, it's not, uh, uh, overkill. It's not overreacting. This is, these are measures that are meant to keep the death rate, the inevitable death rate to the hundreds of thousands from the tens of millions. And, uh, we still might get there. So, um, what's happening. So first, uh, uh, a few definitions. Uh, um, we're going to be talking about virology today, the study of viruses, and epidemiology, the branch of medicine which deals with the instance, distribution, and control of diseases. So epidemiology are the people who study outbreaks and pandemics and epidemics. An epidemic, an outbreak is just a, a, a local, uh, uh, you know, uh, um, occurrence of a disease amongst a small amount of people. An epidemic is a widespread occurrence of a disease in a community. could be like uh, the city of Los Angeles. A pandemic is when a disease becomes prevalent over an entire country or the world. We are now in a pandemic that's worldwide. Almost every country has reported it. Every U.S. state has reported it. Uh, the U.S. is now the leader in uh, cases and deaths. Um, so let's look at some numbers here. This is as of uh, April 1st, 2020. If you're listening to this in the future, I hope this is a distant memory, but we're not sure it will be. Uh, globally, we're approaching a million confirmed cases. It's probably around 900,000 right now. That's that number is different everywhere you look because there's no central place for adding this stuff up. There's not even a central place in the U S for adding it up. There have been over 42,000 deaths in the world. The U S is now the leading country with cases uh, around 188,000 confirmed. And remember a lot more people probably have it because we don't have a lot of testing yet, and uh, people are being advised to not go get tested unless it gets serious. So that those those cases are when people thought it was serious enough to go get tested. There's thousands more people that uh, just have gotten over it. Approaching four thousand deaths today in the U.S. California nine thousand, almost ten thousand cases, over two hundred deaths. Locally, where I am, I'm on the east side of L.A. Let's see, Los Angeles. Uh, I'm near Glendale, which has 86 cases. Uh, Hollywood, 67. Uh, the leading L.A. neighborhood is Melrose, West Hollywood, with over 100. Um, Highland Park, 9. There's so many L.A. neighborhoods. Echo Park 6, 
Oh, I missed Silver Lake. I think it's around 12 in Silver Lake. No, we're up to 25 in Silver Lake. Hurrah, hurrah. 32 Hollywood Hills. So um, there's a lot around. Um, let's get into what this is. Um, first, uh, talking about sheltering in place and safer at home and social distancing. Uh, like I said, we we need to be taking this stuff seriously now. No matter where you are, that you you probably can't go to bars and restaurants and theaters right now. If you're in a state or a country that has not imposed such a lockdown, get ready for that to happen because uh, it's going to. And, um, well, these measures seem to be helping, especially in in the L.A. area. At least we, uh, as opposed to uh, New York, which is the epicenter in the U.S. right now. There's a bunch of them, but the New York's the worst right now. Uh, a city, New York City, uh, and state, and the state of New Jersey have the highest levels in the country, or the number of confirmed cases and highest number of deaths. LA isn't blown up yet, uh, probably partially because we're a little bit more spread out here. We don't depend on public transportation as much here. I'm a big fan of public transportation, but guess what? In an epidemic, uh, car culture actually kind of wins. So I've complained about car culture as much as anyone. And I've touted the benefits of, of uh, subways and buses virulently. But in this case, better to drive than to get on the subway. Um, okay, let's talk about this disease. What's happening? The What we have is a virus it is a coronavirus. There are several coronaviruses. This one is called Severe Acute Respiratory Syndrome Coronavirus 2. The syndrome, S-A-R-S, means is what SARS stands for. That's what the syndrome is, the thing that makes your lungs hurt. Severe Acute Respiratory Syndrome. That's what people are dying from. Uh, the virus is called Severe Acute Respiratory Syndrome Coronavirus 2, or SARS-CoV-2. Everybody's just calling it coronavirus. There are other coronaviruses, but obviously, if you hear somebody talking about the coronavirus, this is the one they're going to be talking about. The disease is called COVID-19. That's when you get it, you start to show symptoms. Um, here are some symptoms. Fever is common, fatigue, uh, a dry cough aches and pains, possibly runny nose, possibly sore throat, maybe diarrhea, maybe headache, probably shortness of breath. And those, uh, the weird thing about this disease is it's, there's a wide range of ways you can get it. Some people are completely asymptomatic. That's like winning a lottery. Great. Uh, most people, it's like a bad cold or flu, but don't be fooled. A bad flu sucks and this is 10 20 many times worse than a flu if you get a severe case of it if you get a real severe case of it one out of five people right now are going to the hospital so if you're one of these 
dipshits walking around going, I don't care. I'm tough. A, you are probably a spreader. Also, it's not your choice. It's not about your muscles or your headspace. It's a roll of the dice. One in five are going to the hospital. Uh, and you're not immune if you're young. A 17-year-old just died. Uh, a newborn died last week. Um, people of all ages can die of this. And it's not. it has nothing to do with your strength or uh, some shitty uh, maxim quote about manliness or whatever. Um, so take it seriously. Take care of yourself. Stay away from people. Don't be a spreader. You know, in a lot of ways, this, like I said, this is, it was kind of a worst case for a disease spreading because it's, uh, it takes, it has a high incubation period and it's easily catchable, but it's a little bit, it's not the worst. I don't want to say it's the best case, but it's not the worst case in this sense. It's not as bad as the original SARS or MERS or Ebola. If we, so, you know, this is a global world. This could be a test run for something that could be, we might have to do. Shelter in place is something we might have to do again or periodically for the rest of our lives. This is a test of how we deal with a disease that kills one to 4% of people. Imagine if there was a disease that killed 20% of people and it had the same incubation period as this and it became endemic. Did I say what the definition of endemic was? I had it written down, but I didn't, I don't think I said it. Endemic means when it's out in the population, someone somewhere in the world is constantly infected. Uh, The cold virus is endemic in the world. Most people get it in the winter, but it's somewhere in the world. Well, somewhere in the world, it's winter uh, almost all the time. Yes, not in the spring. I get that. Um, But endemic means someone in the world has it at all times, and it's continually being passed around. Now then there are, every once in a while, there's a flu epidemic because a new strain of the flu comes through but those aren't considered pandemics anymore because almost every human has had a cold and a flu which means a lot of us have partial immunity partial immunity doesn't mean you won't get a cold come december but it means it's it's harder to catch because you've had it before and you have antibodies and those antibodies, if you do catch it, will probably make quick work of it in a day or two. Not COVID. You don't have any antibodies in you to fight this. Most people don't. Only the recovered million people on the planet, not even that the recovered 800,000 people on the planet are the only ones who are currently somewhat uh, resistant 
Which is a question a lot of people bring up. Can we catch it twice? It's not quite known. Um, there have been some uh, uh, sporadic reports of people catching it again. Um, hard to confirm, confirm those reports because there's so much crazy info flying around right now. And it's, it would be only a, one or two of only a few people, if any. But probably you're probably immune after you get it and recover for a period of time or at least immune-ish, you'll probably have some antibodies left over and won't get it again for months. But the thing about when a virus becomes endemic, you can get a cold every year. This might be the kind of thing that just goes around and every year you could catch COVID. That means every year you go through two weeks of hell possibly hospitalized and have a 1% chance of dying. That's not cool. Um, that's going to suck, but, uh, at least it's not a 25% chance of dying. Let's see. Common questions. How long can coronavirus last on surfaces? Um, I wish there was better information on this. I've looked everywhere. I would think somebody would have real strong data on every surface possible by now. But the only thing I've found is it was the same, approximately the same info in three or four places, which is, I think they think it couldn't survive in the air for up to three hours. That means when somebody sneezes, that sneeze zone is a toxic, super fun site. For three hours, that means you could walk through, and I don't want to scare you by saying, by I don't want people thinking that it's just in clouds everywhere walking around. It's probably not. If you go for a walk around the block, you're probably not walking through a cloud. The wind whips around outside, and droplets don't stay in the air much for three hours. Uh, water droplets have a harder time staying in the air outside where it's, you know, it's windy. This is more for inside. If you sneeze in a, in a small room three hours later, you could walk in that room and catch it. Okay. It lasts four hours on copper and similar metals, uh, up to 24 hours on cardboard. So, um, boxes and mail. We're looking for, you know, 24 hour, decontamination period if you're if you're getting now there's no known cases of uh someone getting a box from amazon or the mail uh and getting the virus but we don't know where people are getting it so saying there's no known cases is kind of like saying uh we it maybe if you get in a box in the mail i've been leaving them on the patio for 24 hours uh I have neighbors we've exchanged stuff in boxes and we just leave them on the patio for 24 hours after we exchange them. None of my neighbors are sick, but I don't know that they're not going to get sick and they don't know that I'm not already a carrier. So be careful. Um, what else after cardboard, uh, up to three days on plastic and stainless steel. This is kind of where you have to watch out. You know, um, if you have, you know, steel railings, doorknobs, 
that kind of thing. Um, disinfect or try not to touch them. If you're out, try not to touch stainless steel or plastic, uh, uh, you know, out in the, the world. If you're in LA, you shouldn't be touching anything anyway, because everything's covered in a fine layer of soot and now deadly virus. So further uh, on this plastic, after eight hours, only 10% of the coronavirus was still there on plastic. So it doesn't like just live there. It dies off after eight hours, only 10% was left, but it didn't become completely indetectable for three days. That's why they say it could last for three days. Stainless steel, about two days, copper and cardboard. Eight hours for copper, 48. Well, see, the other article said three hours for copper. These are two different studies. One's a little bit more uh, conservative. And so let me sum up. These two studies say, they both say three hours in the air. Uh, They say between four and eight hours on copper. They say between 24 and 48 hours maximum on cardboard. They say two to three days they both say two to three days plastic and stainless steel okay well no word on wood or drywall or vinyl flooring treatments are the treatments for this yet no basically the answer is no let's see there are so there's a thing called site cytokine storm syndrome and that's what happens when you die of this uh it's also what happens when you die of pneumonia it's like it's coughing to death basically and it's horrible you don't want to do this uh you don't want to go out like that there have been treatments in the past for cytokine did i say that right cytokine storm syndrome one of them is hydrozychloroquine hydroxychloroquine it's it's like quinine it's like uh um, it's the malaria drug so there have been some tests with the malaria drug hydroxychloroquine and some people i I think in michigan they reported positive results um in terms of people who are very sick getting a little less sick this isn't uh, this isn't like a uh, cure or a, a, a vaccination. Um, this malaria drug might help people who are on the verge of dying not quite die. The other thing that uh, I've seen a lot of stories going around about convalescent plasma. Convalescent plasma is promising. That's when somebody who was sick and has fully recovered donates blood uh, blood plasma to give to inject into people with very serious cases of COVID-19. The plasma would have presumably the plasma of the, the person who's over it would have antibodies in it. And if you inject those antibodies into the sick person, that kind of would might jumpstart their immune system to be like, oh, this is what an antibody looks like. Let's make more of those. And possibly make them better. There are no reports yet of this working. As of today, 
nobody has said that it's worked, but it has worked in the past for things and they're trying it out. Um, notably New York city is, is trying this. Can you take ibuprofen or aspirin? Actually, the, the CDC said not to, and then they reversed that. I mean, I'm sorry, the World Health Organization initially recommended not to use anti-inflammatories, and that means ibuprofen and aspirin. They reversed that. They think it's probably okay. They're recommending you use acetaminophen, common name Tylenol. That seems to be the best way to treat the pain, like headache pain. It doesn't really treat the cough. Um, you can take cough drops. I've heard zinc cough drops are good. It's not a cure. It might help if you have a cough. If you you can you should drink uh hot tea. Um, coffee is okay. Uh, hot beverages are great. Soup. Drink hot things. Wash them down your throat. When you're if you have this disease. Good luck. Hopefully, it's recoverable. You can get through it. Most people don't go to the hospital, but like I said, one in five do. That's a lot. One in five is a lot. It's not most, but it's a fucking big number. So good luck. Um, so yeah, you can take ibuprofen. You can take uh, uh, aspirin if you need to. Uh, acetaminophen is recommended. There's not a lot more that you can do except... Um, you can take a hot shower, breathe in that steam that can help a cough, uh, you know, rest fluids. It's the same way you would treat a flu. It's just going to be, a, it's highly possible this is going to be the worst flu you ever had. Or, you know, it's possible that it'll be light. You don't know. It's, it's, a, it's a roll of dice. Is there any indication, by the way, that whether you will have it worse or better? There is a report, and this is still early, uh, from China that people with blood type A have a higher risk and people with blood type O have a lower risk. Um, this is unconfirmed. Not sure why that would be yet. It's possible more men are dying of the disease than women. Um, about, I think, twice as many men are dying as women. Um, not sure why that is either, but, uh, I have, I read that, uh, epidemiologists are saying that one estimate I read was 20 to 60% of the population of the world will get this virus in the next year or so. Yeah. Well, that's a lot. I don't even want to do the math on how many deaths I would be. Here are some things that are not treatments. Uh, colloidal silver has been this uh fucking charlatan jim baker is trying to sell colloidal silver no it doesn't cure coronavirus uh that guy's a right right wing demon alex jones also was caught uh trying to sell toothpaste containing colloidal silver as a treatment or or a preventative cure for coronavirus these people are evil stop listening to them completely uh, CBD is not a treatment, although it's not, it's not bad. CBD could be helpful for headaches, but it's not a cure. Bleach is not 
to be ingested. It's not a cure. Don't gargle bleach. Don't put any in your mouth. Don't take even even like a little bit uh, uh, in like uh, even if you water it down. Don't drink fucking bleach. Here's another one: chloroquine phosphate, which is similar to a malaria drug, but it's not. It's what they what you use to clean fish tanks. Don't take that. So uh, cleaning, um, it, since it's hard to, uh, you know, go out and find all the cleaning products you need right now, you can use uh, ethanol, which is a type of alcohol, hydrogen peroxide, uh, uh, bleach, which is sodium hypochlorite, um, I'm reading here. Uh, so I just looked under, you know, in all of my cupboards and found a bottle of bleach and you can just take about, you know, a few, like five teaspoons to a gallon of water, keep that in a jug or even smaller, you know, half that or whatever, uh, keep that around. And then, you know, just take a sponge and walk, walk around with that. And you can put that on, you know, products and it will be safe. Don't drink it. Don't feed it to your pets. Uh, but you can, uh, just take a few tablespoons of bleach and some water and make a little uh, disinfecting solution. But don't mix bleach with anything. If you make, here, Here's some science for you. If you mix bleach and vinegar, you will produce chlorine gas. Chlorine gas, no good. Don't mix, mix bleach and ammonia. They cause a gas called chloramine. That can cause shortness of breath and chest pain. These things can cause the same problems that COVID can cause. You don't want to both breathe in chloramine and get COVID. That's a bad day. Don't mix bleach in alcohol. That makes chloroform, which is highly toxic and not nearly as fun as spy movies make it out to be. Uh, uh, don't mix hydrogen peroxide and vinegar. This makes parasitic or perox peroxyacetic acid, which can be highly corrosive. Basically, don't mix any of these cleaning products. Um, you can use one or the other. Okay, hi Callie. My cat Callie has joined the podcast as my first guest, and she's running away uh, to a windowsill perch. But that reminds me of another little piece of science that um, is starting to come out. There is evidence cats can catch this. There has been no reports of cats dying from COVID. There have been reports of cats uh, catching COVID or carrying COVID. And there's also no reports of cats giving it to humans. So what we're talking about is maybe once or twice somebody who had the disease sneezed on their cat and then the cat started coughing. We're, we're not worried about a cat pandemic happening, mostly because cats aren't social. They don't walk from house to house and see people and go out. Um, the most contact most cats have with other cats is, you know... <coughs> <clears throat> So ominous having to cough in the middle of a podcast about a pandemic. 
I'm going to hope that that's because I smoked weed last night. Okay. Uh, what was I saying? Cat, cats can maybe catch it. They probably won't spread it to other cats. Most cats don't see many other cats that aren't in their household. Um, maybe strays could possibly start its spread. Fairly unlikely. That's going to happen. What else? Comparison. Let's take a look at how COVID compares to the flu and SARS. For one thing, we're already way past the death total of SARS, the outbreak in 2002, and MERS, the outbreak, I think that was in the later aughts. SARS-CoV-1, what we know is SARS was called SARS-CoV-1. This is what we have now is called SARS-CoV-2. This is basically the sequel to SARS. For anyone who thought we, the, the, the panic over a SARS epidemic 2002 uh, was a little too much. This is what we barely avoided uh, uh, 18 years ago. So 8,000 people, a little over 8,000 people died in 17 countries. Oh, no, I think I got that wrong. SARS-1. There's a little over 8,000 cases of SARS-1, resulting in 774 deaths in 17 countries. That's a 9.6% fatality rate, which is a lot higher than this. So luckily we got the weaker SARS. Uh, incubation, incubation period for SARS, about the same. So here's some infection rates. Uh, the RO numbers is, is how many people will be infected by an average individual with the disease. With the flu, on average, 1.3 people will be infected. If you get the flu, you're probably going to infect 1.3 other people, meaning on average, one or two people. Um, COVID, we're looking at. I think it might be more than this, but the RO number being about 2.5 people, about twice that. So basically almost everyone on average, everyone who gets COVID is giving it to two and a half other people. Some people are probably giving it to 10 other people and careful people hopefully aren't giving it to anyone, but it's very easy to get. Okay. The flu has an incubation day, a time of about one to four days. Usually when you get the flu, you're like, oh, God, it was from last weekend. I went to a party and someone sneezed. Obviously, we talked about this. The incubation time for COVID is up to two weeks. That's why it's really hard to tell where you got it. Think of all the places you've been in the last two weeks. Probably only, that's probably a short list right now. In normal life, it would be a lot of places. Hospitalization rate for people with the flu is about 2%, 2 out of 100 this COVID is about 20%. That's one in five. So 2% is one in 50. This is one in five. One in five. That's even if you're 22, it's a really fucking high probability you're going to have to go to the hospital when you get this. Fatality rate. It's still not clear exactly. It seems to be between one and 4%. The 4% higher number might be due to, uh, uh, you know, conditions overcrowding. The 1% number is probably a best case. If we get everything right, still, you're still going to lose one in a hundred. If you do everything right, you're still going to lose 1%. Uh, if, if, if we overpower the hospitals, we're going to start losing 4%. 
I think Italy's death rate's higher than that because they're so overcrowded in their hospitals right now. A lot of people are saying flatten the curve these days. It's good that a mantra like this is getting out. My dad said flatten the curve to me, and he's almost 80. It's, it is an, it's important, and it's the reason why we're sheltering in place right now, even though, it's you know, like I said, 60% of the world might catch this disease. We just have to make sure 60% of the world doesn't catch it this week. That's the most important thing. Um, that would be a disaster. Death rate would be 10 times as much if, if, we, if everybody gets it at once. It's going slowly. We're going to let it go slowly. Well, it's not going slowly. It's going very quickly, actually. Um, we're sheltering in place to try and make it go slower. We want it to go slowly. We, we can't stop it at this point. It's out. It's endemic in the human population now and until we find a cure. Um, but, you know, a lot of, of right-wingers with very little access to brain cells have been saying, hey, talking about infection parties, coronavirus parties, getting it over with. If you hear anybody talk like that, get away from them. It's evil, stupid people who are putting your life at risk. And by the way, any, any tough guy, and I say that in a gender-neutral way, any piece of shit who, who claims to be tough and strong, they're not volunteering their self to die. They're volunteering other people to die. And this includes politicians who go on the air and talk about, we need to open back the economy so my stock doesn't go down. That's a death cult. Anyway, keep it light, stupid. Keep it light. Let's talk about viruses, the science of viruses. Um, there's a bunch of different types of virus. Sometimes look up the the uh, uh, shape of viruses. They're very cool. Uh, but but virus basically is a strip of RNA, ribonucleic acid, uh, very much uh, similar to DNA, deoxyribonucleic acid, um, which are just, you know, little codes, little apps, little software programs that run in our cells and make things little pieces of rna could be a code to make uh, uh an amino acid or you know it's the you know the, your liver um and since we're all made of rna and dna in, in fact every animal and living thing is made of rna and dna and they're constantly uh being copied these little bits of code um, sometimes a little strip of RNA gets free. In fact, we're probably shedding little strips of RNA all the time and they just die and nothing happens. But once in a while, and we're talking about over millions of years of human evolution, billions of years of, uh, uh living thing evolution, every once in a while, a little strip of RNA gets out. And it's strong enough and it, it holds the pattern to replicate itself. And it's strong enough to survive outside of a host. And that's what a virus is. It's not even a cell. It's smaller than one of our cells. It's just 
it's like a case it's like a strip of code inside of case it's like if your computer accidentally spat out a minesweeper game inside a plastic ball and it rolled around looking for another computer to install itself in um that's where viruses come from the coronavirus is uh round um and spiky and what it does by the way uh still not sure where it came from probably uh from bats or possibly pangolins uh those little chinese uh things that look like anteaters we're not sure if it's from eating one or from being coughed on by one or just uh bitten or in the vicinity or what it what it was anyways the little strip of the dna it's the it's a it's a spherical shell with spikes and what happens when you breathe it in it's not uh it doesn't take hold unless it finds your lungs basically if this virus finds your lungs like you could eat it and in your it would die in your stomach but if it gets in your lungs uh you're in trouble what happens is one of these little spiky balls gets in your lungs and it it attaches to a cell and injects its rna into that cell and that cell doing what it's supposed to do which is make stuff from rna starts making more copies of that virus so one ball becomes hundreds of thousands and as soon as that cell fills up with virus it dies and explodes and lets out all those new virus balls which go onto other cells in your lungs and that's how that's why you're coughing because your lungs are trying to get rid of it uh you should cough it up if you're sick you should uh don't hurt yourself but you should try to be coughing up the virus and you should be uh, uh showering and rinsing and washing your hands and trying to get it out of you um but w- what happens is it goes from cell to cell and kills this cell and explodes into 10,000 and it kills this cell and explodes into 10,000 and soon every cell in your lungs if you're unlucky is being used to make coronavirus rather than to breathe with that's when things become bad try not to get there please other coronaviruses like i said sars famous in 2002 for briefly uh becoming an epidemic and then luckily they squashed it is a coronavirus works in the same way i just described uh mers the middle east respiratory syndrome also known as camel flu um i don't know if it came from uh i think it also came from bats not camels so uh, sorry for the slander camels um there was less than 2000 cases total but the mortality rate was a third 34% one in 3 people who got that died that's scary thankfully we're not looking at that kind of mortality rate now um but that also had a 14 day uh, uh incubation period before it set in we're lucky that one got caught frankly we'll be looking at billions um ebola is a virus it's a different virus than coronavirus it's really bad uh extremely deadly 
the Ebola virus. Uh, you've probably seen pictures of it because in, I think it was 2015 or 16, there was a big outbreak in uh, uh, Ghana and um, I think Congo. Um, it got to the, a couple cases got to the U.S. Remember, we all got real scared because Ebola has a 25% and in some cases a 90% mortality rate. That means nine out of 10 people in, uh, in some outbreaks, like in some villages, nine out of 10 people died. They got it. That would be horrific. Hopefully one of those never gets out. Hopefully if it does, we'll be really good at this sheltering at home thing and we'll catch it in time um that one has an incubation of two days to three weeks i think it caught it, it, it tended to be closer to two days than to two weeks let's see up until 2013 there were only 2,000 cases of ebola and most of those people died um in west africa there was uh, 28,000 cases. This is between 2013 and 2016. There were 28,000 cases and 11,000 deaths. Um, yeah, that was bad. Okay, other viruses. Uh, there's rhinovirus. I forgot what that looks like. Uh, there's a herpes virus, which is uh, chicken pox and shingles. Uh, hantavirus, which you hear about sometimes coming from rats. Papilloma, papilloma virus okay rabies virus uh bacteriophage virus that's a cool one that's a virus that eats bacteria and doesn't hurt us um hiv is a virus the virus that causes aids uh the most common viruses in the human population are the hxnx and that means h1n1 h5n1 um the h stands for hemagglutinin and the n stands for neuromindase um and these are uh an h1n1 or an hxnx is an ortho myxovirus ortho myxovirus is another name for the h1n1 so the flu is an h1n1 basically um that means uh, the the one and the, the number in H1N1 is uh, what type of hemoglutin and neuraminidase it is. So the H5N5 and the H3N2, these are all possible uh, orthomyxoviruses. And they're, they're basically all kind of like flus. This is why the flu is hard to stop, by the way, and the reason that we don't have a uh, a successful vaccine for the flu is because the flu consists of uh, many little pieces of RNA that can change. I think they call them pages of RNA. The pages can can get swapped out and change, which means the one the flu from one year to the next is a little bit different um all viruses can mutate but the flu mutates really well 
and it's hard to catch. So usually when a new flu is found, they pretty quickly will find a vaccine for it. And that's why you get a flu shot in October or November, because that contains vaccines for the most common uh, flus that are out this season. It's not, that's also why you can get a flu shot and still get a flu because it might be a different one that wasn't covered. You're covered for most of the common ones with the flu shot. We can get something like this for the coronavirus. There might be a corona shot um, coming. We'll talk about that in a minute. Other viruses, Poxyridae virus, which smallpox and, and cowpox and monkeypox, but not chickenpox. That's a herpes. Okay, those are types of viruses. They're all, they all are shaped a little bit differently. They all act a little bit differently, but they're basically the same thing. They're basically a piece of RNA or DNA in a little shell that know how to copy themselves. Um, we can talk about mutation for a minute, by the way. Um, the most successful viruses, from the point of view of the virus, are ones that don't kill people, actually. Uh, a flu is successful largely because it doesn't kill a lot of people. Uh, maybe uh, the flu might be killed by like 0.001%. It's about 500, between 100 and 500 times less deadly than the coronavirus. Uh, another way to put that is coronavirus is between 100 and 500 times more deadly than the flu. And flus can really fuck with you. I've had bad flus. They suck. I've never gone to the hospital for it. But they can lead to pneumonia and respiratory uh, uh, disease. What was I getting at? Oh, uh, mutation. So the that being said, viruses are constantly mutating, and they tend to get less deadly over time. Uh, Ebola seems to have gotten less deadly, although it's still very, but it's gone down from originally being uh, closer to the 90% death rate and now closer to 50 or something. Um, the Spanish or Kansas flu from uh, World War One days uh, eventually went down in virulence. It might still be endemic. It might still be going around. It's just not killing uh, like one to three percent of the people, like it was uh, in twenty eighteen. I mean, in nineteen eighteen. Um, one of the reasons it killed so many people, by the way, was because World War One was raging, and it um, before it became less virulent, it briefly became more virulent because of the war. When troops get sick during war, when you're out in the trenches, you stay there until it becomes super serious. And that means that it's a hotbed of virus spreading. And uh, in, under those conditions, viruses can mutate to become even deadlier. And they did. Um, they also think that aspirin was a big deal. Um, Aspirin killed a lot of people in 1918 because uh, they were over-prescribing it and 
it it can uh well aspirin can kill you um you should you have to take it in small quantities but so uh being being uh optimistic uh coronavirus might get less virulent it might already be getting less virulent it would make sense for it to get less virulent we can hope for that um you know we can't count on it but we can hope for it but you know first we have to flatten the curve uh if if everybody gets it slowly and it becomes less virulent might be something we can live with although you know it's still going to be worse than the flu if you think it like think about it. almost almost every year i've had a flu or a cold at some point in that year since forever sometimes both i don't want to live in a world where you have to get covid every year and it just comes through hopefully we don't possibly we will we might be in that timeline now how about a history of pandemics here's a fun graphic i found um this is marked visual capitalist uh, website. Let's see from the highest death toll, the bubonic plague killed 200 million people in 1347 to 1351. That was a bad one. Um, they think it originated in rats. They think it, uh, it spread from, uh, from rats and from fleas on rats to humans you know the plague is still around luckily we've and this is a little depressing the I, the plague isn't uh, completely eliminated from the population a few people get it every year but it's more manageable now i don't think you die from it as much as you would have if you were alive in 1347 and if you were alive in 1347 uh good on you for sticking around this long the second largest epidemic or pandemic in terms of death toll is the smallpox pandemic from the 1520s um that's when uh uh well yeah that would have been when europeans came to the new world that was the second largest pandemic in history imagine living at that time the the, the natives of the Americas were not, they didn't have the antibodies for smallpox. Smallpox had been going around Europe for uh, centuries before that. And it was still killing, let's see, smallpox was killing 400,000 people a year in the 1800s. And that that's every year, that's 1800s and, and before. Um, that number spiked to pandemic levels in 1520 uh, and killed 56 million people, mostly due to uh, travelers bringing it across the ocean. The Spanish Spanish slash Kansas flu is the third largest pandemic. Like I said, 1918, 1919, killed 40 to 50 million people. Oh, here's one we haven't heard of, right? The Plague of Justinian 
in the year 541, killed between 30 and 50 million people. It may have hastened the fall of the Roman Empire, but we don't know a lot about that one. The fourth largest, no, that was for the fifth largest epidemic or pandemic in history is the HIV pandemic. That was a pandemic that happened. A lot of us lived through that. We didn't shelter at home, but we uh, got really weary of having sex with people. Uh, it killed 25 to 35 million people. It still kills people, by the way, although now has a, a, a lower mortality rate and a higher survival rate due to, you know, drug cocktails that tend to keep it at bay and other treatments. Number six, the third plague, 12 million people, 1850s. The Autonane Plague in the year 160. The 17th century Great Plague in the 17th century, 3 million. Asian flu in 1957 killed 1 million. The Russian flu, 1890, killed 1 million. The Hong Kong flu, you know, these are, I feel like there's a lot of uh, race and nationality baiting in all these names. Uh, speaking of the, the horrible demonic president trying to call this the, the Chinese virus rather than coronavirus, it's not the people of the country's fault that these things happen. Arguably, regulations of the government of that country should be changed. But it's not the Chinese people's fault we have this fucking thing. Okay, the Hong Kong flu killed a million people in 1968. The cholera outbreak of uh, the 1800s killed a million people. Japanese smallpox in the year 735 killed a million people. The 18th century Great Plague killed 600,000 in the 18th century. Swine flu. Um, yeah, that was a little bit of an epidemic. I remember that in 2009, killed 200,000 people. I think I might have gotten swine flu, actually. It it was a flu going around, and I got a flu that year that was particularly bad. And uh, the hospital said, don't come in unless you feel like you're dying. And I didn't. I stayed home, and I don't know if that was the swine flu, but it might have been. Uh, yellow fever in the late 1800s, killed 100 to 150K. Ebola in uh, 2016, uh, 2014 to 16, killed 11,000. Coronavirus, this is already out of, out of date, this graphic from probably a week ago. Um, no, this is, this is from a couple of weeks ago. It says uh, novel coronavirus has killed 6,000. We're way above that now. MERS. Killed 850 people. SARS killed 770 people. Those are the biggest pandemics in history as far as we know. Um, most of them were centuries ago. A few of them recent. How big is this one going to get? We don't know. So what is the future? First of all, how long are we going to have to do this fucking sitting at home stuff? If you're a freelancer who always worked for home from home and uh, has have been poor part of your life, this is probably easier for you because we spend a lot of time at home anyway. Although 
in the evenings I'd be going out, you know? Not anymore. When will this be over? Well, there's a lot of different estimates. Nobody knows for sure. Um, at least another month. I'm saying this on April 1st. Maybe a couple, honestly. And um, I read a, a great article in Slate about um, what seemed a realistic possibility is that these things go in waves. The Spanish flu fam- famously uh, had a first wave and then died down in the summer and then came roaring back in the fall and killed way more people the second time. And waves can happen in different places of the world. There might be breakout uh, outbreaks. So what we might see and what might become the new normal is we might we might stop sheltering in place and re- relax these restrictions and start going out again. And then a few months later, we might do it again. It's possible that for three months in the summer, we will go back to business as somewhat usual. It's still going to be going around, but hopefully not as badly. And then if numbers start to spike again, bam, we're going to have to shelter at home again. This could happen in two, three, four waves. This could happen a month, a year for 10 years. Let's hope not, but it's possible. The the new normal might be occasionally spending a month staying away from other people till these things dissipate, till the curves get flattened and numbers go down because that's all we can do until we stop it. Now, cures, vaccines. There have been headlines about people claiming to have cures. As far as we know, none, none, none of them are working yet. I'm sure there are, there's, there's millions of researchers right now working on this. Somebody might be, have one in their hand at this very moment. And I hope they do. It will take a while, though, for those to get from that lab into your face. So um, be patient with that. I read an, an article that was optimistic about finding a vaccine for this. And the reason is, uh, this is from uh, city-journal.org. I, I don't vouch for uh authenticity of this information, but it sounds reasonable. There's a critical difference between coronavirus and flu. The coronavirus genome is one long strand of genetic code. (coughs) I really hope I'm not getting it. I have a little cough. We'll see. Okay. The novel coronavirus is one long set of genetic code. Uh, This makes it unsegmented like a set of instructions that can fit on a single page. The flu virus has eight genomic segments. So it's more like eight pages. So uh, that gives the flu a special ability because uh, they can swap pages, basically. That's why it's so hard to find a vaccine for the flu because it swaps pages. It's more complex. The coronavirus is less complex. It's one page. It's one genomic strand of code. And that means it can't as easily swap pages and change. It will, and it does, 
and I'm sure it is mutating constantly. All viruses are mutating constantly. But this, according to this journal article, this makes us optimistic that uh, we'll be able to find a vaccine because it's a little bit easier to nail down this virus than it is the flu. That's great. Don't expect that in 2020, though. If we get a vaccine, maybe if they rush it, 2021, but I think we're talking more like 2022. Um, I don't know. I'm just conjecturing. It's not going to be right away. Uh, the cure's not going to come out right away. Probably the best case scenario is we find a treatment option that works so people stop dying so much. Um, if we flatten the curve, if we slow the spread enough that we can treat people, save their lives, make this manageable, then maybe if you have to get a case of the COVIDs every year, you won't die from it. There'll be some sort of medical treatment and medicine that you can take. Hopefully, this is all conjecture at this point. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. That's about it. I'm uh, maybe like you, wavering back and forth between panicking that I have it in the morning, and then taking a shower and feeling good, and going from a walk for a walk and feeling like oh. This is doable. I'm probably not going to get it. And then at night, maybe getting a little paranoid and coughing because I smoked some weed and then thinking I have it again. I've been going back and forth. I don't think I have it, probably. It's possible, though. I know a few people that have had it already, at least I've seen on Facebook. I haven't talked to them. I try to get some people who have recovered from it on the podcast in a few weeks in the upcoming weeks and we can talk about how that went in the meantime uh yeah stay strong um stay keep your mental energy up um i recommend not getting drunk every night um i have some nights i'm definitely will admit but not every night you know, do something like yoga if you can. If you have a yard, go out and sit in the sun or a balcony. Try to get some sun. Try to get some air. You can walk around. You can walk around the block. You can uh, go on a bike ride. Um, be respectful. Steer clear, people. I went to walk around the block today. It was fine. I passed two people, and we both sort of uh, smiled and made eye contact and, and gave each other a six foot berth and kept going. And, um, that's kind of what you have to do right now. Uh, you know, don't touch rails and, and, uh, and, and signs and common areas if you're out for a walk. And when you get back, wash the shit out of your hands. I'm sure you've been seeing hundreds of PSAs and viral videos about washing your hands. You should know how to do it real well. Now I'm doing it better than ever. When you're, you know, when you're out in public, don't touch people, keep a distance, try not to touch a lot of things, especially metals and plastic surfaces, um, steer clear people that are symptomatic. Uh, oh, here's one other thing we haven't covered yet. If you are symptomatic, what do you do? Well, don't panic. If you start coughing, 
you probably have it. In fact, the, the, the percentage chance that you have a cold right now is pretty low because you probably haven't been around anyone with a cold lately. Um, if you start coughing, if you have a fever, you probably have it. Don't rush to a hospital right away um, unless it's really bad. Hospitals are trying to keep infection rates down, and also they don't have a lot of spare room right now, so don't go straight there. Uh, if you think you have it, stay at home, stay away from people. If you're sheltered with roommates or family, uh, you're going to have to stay in a bedroom. Uh, you're going to have to have people bring stuff and leave it outside your door. Uh, you're going to have to, you know, disinfect every surface in your room. Um, like I said earlier, you know, drink hot tea, drink soup, get rest, try to cough it up, take showers, take hot showers with steam. You can get through it. If you keep an eye on your temperature, if it goes up above like 101, 102, uh, you can start to get worried. If your cough gets really bad and you can't breathe, go to a hospital. That's when, and call them first. Call You can call 911 and, and ask them uh, for help. You can also call your hospital or local doctor or provider. They'll tell you what to do. They'll tell you to come in um, and take precautions to not infect anyone along the way. Um, like I said, one in five right now are going to hospitals. It's not, you know, don't be too proud to go to the hospital. It's a one in five chance. It's a higher chance than run, than rolling a six on a, on a die on a six sided die. Um, so go if you have to, but don't go right away. Um, most cases won't go to the hospital. That's the other 80%. Uh, you'll probably just be in bed for a week, maybe longer, maybe coughing for a couple weeks. Uh, hopefully after that two week period, after you haven't had it for a couple weeks and you're fully recovered, you probably won't be able to catch it for a while. Probably. But still be careful. And you can still be a carrier. So be careful. Don't touch anyone else. Don't go around spreading it. But um, I have heard of people who have recovered offering to go and, and run, do food runs for people because they're less susceptible. You can, that would be a great thing to do. Um, help your neighbors, help your friends, help your family. Stay healthy. Uh, try to stay in a good mindset. I'm wavering between depression and, and like ho-hum uh, uh, boredom, but hopefully we'll get through this. I've been Dave Chacho. I'm at Dave Chacho and all the things. Uh, this is Science AF at Science AF Pod on Twitter, scienceafpod.com. You can email me, Dave, at scienceafpod.com. Also, I'm the tech director of the Pack Theater in Hollywood. And um, if you're bored and looking for something to do, the Pack Theater has started to do online shows every day on Twitch. Um, we did, and I, if you want to see me in character as uh, Chachi Tech Guy Falachi or something, I co hosted a seven hour packathon fundraiser uh, last Saturday. It went great. We raised $10,000 for my theater, the theater that I work at, and a lot of other people do too. 
And that's called the Pack Theater. And if you go to the Pack Theater Twitch, which is like twitch.com slash Pack Theater, I think, you can see live comedy shows there every day and also a bunch of taped ones from previous days. We're getting the hang of this uh, remote phone call kind of thing, Zoom video and Google Hangouts and such. Um, I just realized I'm supposed to be on one right now with some friends. Okay, I'm wrapping up, and I'm going to go to a Google Hangout and hang out with some friends. Yeah, connect with people. Use the phone. Use the video call. Uh, text your friends. Try to stay healthy. Try to stay sane. Try to not panic. We'll probably get through this, although some of us will die. <laughs> Hopefully it's not me or you. Or the people we love. The guy from Fountains of Wayne died today. If you want to know when I taped this, it's when the, the guy from Fountains of Wayne died. He was only seven years older than me and seemed healthy. Hopefully you'll be back with a new episode next week. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Science AF. Science AF. Science AF. Science AF. Science AF. Science as fuck. Oh boy.